This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Let me do this for, for, for Pretty Daddy, the executive producer. I hate this term, but you know what? Let's all come together with com- Happy Hump Day. It's stupid, but it puts a smile on his face. It's okay. It's like gone in 60 seconds for me. It ain't good, but it makes me happy. I understand. What up? Good morning. 855-2124-CBS. Phone lines are working. The technology is streaming. We're ready and happy to be here. He's in New York City. I'm in L.A. We got you covered coast to coast. If you want to hit us up on Twitter or X marks the spot, Tom, at Pretty Daddy CBS for the guy that just rolled his eyes to me. Great start socially. Sports writer, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Uh, Joe Theismann is going to be on the show an hour from now. We'll talk, you guessed it, some football. We got a great buy or sell. Aaron Rodgers is annoying, so we'll just like sort of delve into that a little bit. Uh, if you missed this, Kirk Ferentz, head coach at Iowa, overachieving, took some on the record, we will play it for you, eyebrow-raising shots at Lincoln Riley, who was underwhelming last this past season. Remember, Lincoln Riley and USC are going to join the Big Ten. So it's a Big Ten on Big Ten crime situation, and a lot to parse there. Uh, I've got a sucker question from my erstwhile, well-prepared, multi-sport, expertise-based executive producer. And Shaq, finally starting to read my work and, and regurgitate it on uh, his little TV show that he's a part of with the guys. Now, he, he is getting on the Steph, maybe, maybe, greatest of all time, at least in the conversation train. So we will get into that. Uh, let me get this out of the way. He gets mad if I wait to the second segment. I get a bunch of emails and texts and there's whatever. It's stupid. Uh, good morning, Pretty Daddy. What's up? Good morning, Bill. Happy hump day to you. I'm going to drink a little coffee here. Do you, ever, do you ever drink coffee on the air? It feels kind of rebellious. Watch this. I don't drink coffee on the air or oh, off yeah. the air. Just did it. Nobody could tell. Nobody knew. Uh, good to see you. Uh, glad that we're we're hump day. We're, we're hump day is that what we do it? Is it a verb too? We're hump daying. Yeah, absolutely. Use it however you want. Uh, if this is hump day, do you have a point where you look at the clock and you you've crossed? You're at the top of the hump, and now it's downhill. Noon today. Noon Eastern. Noon is the down. It doesn't matter when your when your work shift. What if you work? 3 p.m. to midnight like I've done. Noon. It's the middle of the middle day of the week. It couldn't be more hump day than noon. I, I worked at Walmart when I was in high school and college a lot. It a lot of 3 p.m. to close shifts. So it's sort of, it, well, why, wouldn't, wouldn't my hump day sort of halfway point be 6 p.m.? Not at all. Noon wherever you are. Whatever time zone you're in, noon is hump we day. Br- we break down the questions that matter here on this show. We aren't afraid of the difficult questions in society like when is hump day at its apex? I don't even know what apex means. I just threw it out there. 
Like, maybe that's correct for the top of a hump. I don't know. All right, let's talk some sports. And again, 855-212-4CBS. John Morant was back last night for the first time in 265 days, I believe is what it was. 25-game suspension. It's been a litany of problems. The latest was a second time flashing a gun on social media, Instagram Live, in this case last summer, after accusations, concerns, criminal investigations, civil complaints about threatening various people. And in one case, a young man, a 17-year-old, allegations of actually physically assaulting him at a pickup game at his house. It's, a lot, it's been a lot of ugly crap. It's been attached to John Morant. It has involved accusations of flashing guns. We obviously live in a time where, A, there is a lot of gun violence in this country that happens at schools and other places that has traumatized a lot of people, and B, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have a right to bear arms. You do. People do not want their front and center, front-facing athletes behaving in this way. Certainly not the commissioner of the NBA or that organization. Okay, so Morant suspended. He comes back. Pelicans have been excuse me, the Grizzlies we plays for, played the Pelicans, have been a hot mess. They have barely resembled a professional basketball team. And John Morant stepped onto the floor for the first time against the Pelicans in New Orleans last night with all of these questions. What is his future? Can he turn it around? Do you root for or against this guy? Is he worthy of a second, and let's be fair, third, fourth, fifth, wherever we are, chance in the NBA? How do we feel about the fact that the more talented you are, and he's a massively talented guy, the more opportunities that you get? How do we feel about the fact that we've got gun violence and other things being thrust into our sports conversations because of what's been going on with this dude? Can the guy still ball? How long will it take? Are the Grizzlies still going to be a contender? As bad as they have been. And the reality is, regardless of how you answer those questions, regardless of how you come down on those questions, and there's a variety of, of feelings, John Morant was utterly and totally spectacular. If he had missed time because of some tragedy or difficulty that made him universally beloved and celebrated rather than often condemned, and I think rightfully so, and questioned, it would have been the perfect Hollywood script. It would have been one of those things where we come on and I said, I've got to be in a simulation, this can't be real. But instead, his performance, astounding though it was, just adds to the feelings of complications about this guy. 34 points. Played 35 minutes, and if you watch the game, at the end of the game, hands on knees, huffing and puffing, absolutely exhausted. And they got down a bunch of points against the New Orleans team. They can be pretty good when Zion's playing well, or Brandon Ingram's playing well. And certainly yesterday, you had Brandon Ingram play extremely well, and then all of a sudden the Grizzlies make a run. They look like the team that they used to be. They cut it to five or six or three or four minutes left. I'm sitting there watching thinking, oh, my God, they might just do it. And John Morant literally leads his team to a victory, keeps him in the game, makes a big steal, and then as time expires, buzzer beater to win the basketball game. And the other thing that struck me beyond the win, it was, it was amazing the way that he played, is something that took place on the floor that reflects what I've heard from people in that organization and outside of it, how much those guys love John Morant. One executive told me yesterday, Morant's been in the gym. He's gonna he's gonna be exceptional from day from from the moment he's back tonight, and they're gonna be the Grizzlies really good. and They're gonna make the playoffs because that team loves him. And in his post game interview, John Morant, if you watched long enough, you saw his guys coming over, interrupting, cheering, jumping up and down. And the reality is, and I wrote about this yesterday for CBSSports.com. Even and I talked about it here on the show a little bit. I didn't 
I knew how I wanted to feel when I saw John Moran. I wanted to, to, to think, okay, second chance, fifth chance. I hope he can figure it out. I, I want to root for him. But Morant is a, is a Rorschach test is what he is. You know those tests and they hold up, it's an ink blot, and you're supposed to, I see a butterfly, I see pretty daddy at a picnic, I see a day off, whatever. you see. That is what John Morant has become. And at least for me, sitting in my living room, Interestingly for me, with my son coming in out, because Henry and I, I brought this up yesterday, took him to his first Lakers game last year. He doesn't know anything about John Morant's troubles. After all of those episodes, except the final one that got him suspended, and Henry fell in love with Morant, the athlete, the player. And Henry, my son, goes, oh, my God, John Morant. doesn't even know what the other stuff going on. Look how good he is. And I found myself on my couch in my living room watching the game, 100% rooting for the guy, excited to see him. And a little uneasy with that feeling. Aware that maybe there's some hypocrisy there. Maybe I'm being too easy on him. I don't know. It's just how I felt. And I think Morant experienced it too. Because, and he talked about it. This is an interesting clip post-game. People live in these bubbles. And these wealth, wealthy folks, you can be John Morant. You can be Shohei Otani. You can be Elon Musk. You can be Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden who live in their own sort of political bubbles and obviously have some wealth as well. People who are on that pedestal of society, who don't have to worry for the most part about money, who are insulated from most criticism and don't understand it, who are surrounded by people who tell them they're right all the time, very, very successful people can lose their way sometimes, their compass. And I think John Morant probably, even through the suspensions and and, and the mistakes and the meetings with Adam Silver and the idiotic, unacceptable decision-making that he's made over the last 18 months, clearly has been surrounded by people that have been getting bad advice. Because I think... His lack of understanding, even yesterday, about why some people might boo him or be mad at him, that the varied responses that I feel, that you may feel, that are out there, played out in this game, in this arena, shouldn't have surprised John Morant. But they did. And after the win, this young, troubled, interesting star whose future is absolutely uncertain, despite the certainty that if he can stay on the floor, he's going to be a great basketball player, he had it hit him full bore how divided people are about him. It's a lot of people that don't like me, so see where that got them. But it was just, I feel like the surprising part was, you know, I got called in the starting lineup. It was loud cheers, and then when the game started, it went to booze. Um, I don't know the reason. I don't know, you know what I did to the Pelicans or their fans, but, hey, they got a root for their team, so it's all good. He doesn't get it, right? He doesn't get it, and that's fine. He doesn't have to get it. Hopefully he gets it enough not to be waving guns and putting himself in situations where he's accused of some very serious problems, some very serious things. And I hate Twitter. I like it for certain reasons. Like, we have a listener who's in Japan sending photos, super cool. Some of you communicate. There's a lot of pretty daddy jokes that come in. So so X has its, has its benefits. But it's also just a cesspool of people being the worst versions of themselves under the mask of anonymity or, or fake anonymity. But it's also an interesting reminder of just how divided people can be on everything. And in writing about John Moran, I got so many notes. Nobody reads the story, right? Headline, I think, was something that I wrote last night at CBS Sports was, I'm rooting for John Moran, the man, as much as the player. Which is true. I I am rooting. I'm rooting for everybody. I'm I'm rooting for Draymond Green. I'm rooting for Josh Giddey. I'm rooting for Anthony Edwards. I'm rooting for Zion Williamson. I'm I'm rooting for everybody until the point I know enough and there's a, a threshold that has been crossed where I feel comfortable saying, okay, this stranger, this person I, I watch in sports isn't worth my support. And there was a lot of rage that came in. 
how dare you, this guy's a criminal, how dare you not even be sure that you root for him, this guy has been wrongly accused, doesn't get second chances. He, he's a Rorschach test. People see in him what they want to see. But here is the reality of John Morant that played out last night. Here's why it's worth talking about. Here's why he's getting all of these chances. Here is certainly one of the reasons I want him to, to, work, to make it work. Because he is a God-given basketball miracle. He is. You can believe it's God-given talent or hard work or all of those things or a few of those things or none of those things. But the expression holds. The man is a massive talent. And this Memphis Grizzlies team that was awful over the course of this season, these 25 games, is going to make a run. Because you only have to get to the 10 spot to be in that play in reality. They're going to win games. They beat a pretty good Pelicans team last night because John Moran is exceptional. And the thing that struck me in watching the game, because I have spent a lot of time criticizing a lot of people, not afraid to do it, not afraid to say a guy's a bum. I don't think Joe Mixon deserves other chances because I've seen that video with my own eyes. I'm over Aaron Rodgers. He's never done anything immoral, right? There's there's various degrees. Not afraid to just decide I've written someone off or I root against them or I don't like them. So why John Morant, as someone for me, and watching him with those 34 points and the game winner and his exceptional skill and his return, why was I happy to see him back? I think it's because, not at the level that, that he obviously operates with, but we can all relate to whatever opportunities in life we've been given. Whatever blessings, big or small, have been put in front of us. Whatever chances to make our life better, we've been able to have a chance at and try to seize. And sometimes we fail and sometimes we succeed. And when I was watching the game, I actually was thinking about a kid I went to high school with. Maybe you had a kid like this in your school. Not a bad kid, nice kid. Brilliant, genius, right? But trouble. There was just something about And I'm a 14, 15-year-old back in the day in Dubuque, Iowa, Waller High School, class of 96. And I, rem- and I was in classes with these kid, this kid. I was like the dumbest kid in the smart classes, and he was the smartest kid in every class. And he wasn't a bad guy. And I remember being sad about, as a 15-year-old, trying to grasp some kid that I didn't really know that well, what it was about his intellect and, and whatever troubles he had that reached me before I understood it. And years later as an adult, what struck me, maybe as a dad, maybe as somebody who's been through, just been through life, that this was a guy who had all the potential in the world to have an incredible life, and, and it didn't go that way. In retrospect, it was probably depression or mental illness. I, I don't know. Maybe it was home life. But we've all experienced people who have had these gifts, haven't had to work as hard to get where we want to go. Or maybe if they work as hard, they go much further, and it hasn't worked out. It's not just athletes. It's people across the country. We've all known them to varying degrees. We probably have, I do. You probably have loved ones who just haven't been able to take advantage of the things that have been presented before them. And John Moran, for me, whether this is Pollyannish, naive, or otherwise, represents that. And it did last night. I don't know if he's a good man or a bad man. I don't know the details of all of these incidents. I do know there's enough there to be concerned and worried, and there is a limit to how often he should have the patience of his team, the NBA, and as it relates to me, me as a fan, and eventually you. Take Draymond Green, who, by the way, has never been accused of anything illegal. It's different. It's not For Draymond Green, it's not off-court issues, right? It's, it's punching guys and choking guys and kicking guys where the sun don't shine on the, on the floor. It's not a... It's not a morality issue the way it is for, for Josh Giddy accusations or, or, or certainly John Moran or other people, Trevor Bauer, all these complicated things. But there's going to be an expiration date for me on, on Draymond Green, too. And in all these cases, but let's focus on Moran. For me, I just want those people in the world, that kid I went to high school with for whom it's too late, 
kids that I meet through my daughter and my, my son who are clearly gifted, people you know in the world, to be able, if they've got a rare opportunity most of us don't get at some kind of great life, to be able to take it. There's a lot of jobs in America. There's a lot of money in America. There's a lot of fame in America. There's a lot of innovation in America. There's room to go around whatever people are aspiring to. There's a lot of MVPs and multi-million dollar contracts and chances in the NBA to be exceptional. But it doesn't mean that people competing for those accolades are anything other than exceptionally rare. John Morant's a rare talent. I hope it works out for him. I'm rooting for him. And if you got a problem with that, probably have problems that go beyond basketball. That doesn't mean that I think that he should be excused for every mistake that he makes. It doesn't mean if it happens again that I'm going to be anything other than a voice saying he, he needs to be suspended at least a year, maybe permanently, from the NBA. It doesn't mean I don't recognize all the complications in this conversation. From the fact that you have a right to bear arms, but that doesn't mean because you have a right. Look, I have a right. That's the Second Amendment. You have the right. I have a First Amendment right to say really dumb things. If I say them on the radio show, racist, awful, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, whatever, they can fire me. We, we conflate these things sometimes. That's a complicating reality of John Morant's situation. There's a lot going on here. But in the, the, most basic, the most basic boiling down of this, he's an exceptional basketball player. He has a rare talent. He's a young guy who got rich and famous, in his case, very, very quickly. And I hope he figures it out, not just because he's a joy to watch as a basketball player, and man, is he. Was he last night? Because I find some joy in... And people, strangers included, being able to be the best versions of themselves because most of us don't have these gifts. And to see folks, even strangers, squander them, to me, is a travesty. And it makes me sad. And I hope it doesn't happen with John Moran. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. By the way, he was awesome as a basketball player. It was, God, it was was silly. If you want to call in, if you got a take, you got a perspective, we will take your phone call, 855-212-4CBS. For CBS. And if you didn't know this, the 855, that's free. You call in, no charge, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. You can you can tweet at me. You don't have to be nice, but you should be. Sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R at Pretty Daddy CBS. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is so annoying, but okay, we'll, we'll let Aaron Rodgers, maybe for the last time this year, steal the spotlight for no reason. But breaking news, he's not going to play. Oh, wow, what a, what a shocker that is, A-Rod. But we'll get into it. He talked on another radio show. Cool. And we'll give you Kirk Ferentz, Iowa head coach, going after Lincoln Riley in a moment that is shocking and beautiful and filled with truth and hypocrisy. It's next here on CBS Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Writer Than You. The Bills are confusing to me and interesting. I'll say this. They have rallied around their head coach in the face of Ty Dunn's outstanding, and I have zero doubt, excellent, accurate piece of journalism. But they've beaten a Chiefs team that keeps having these self-inflicted wounds, and they've beaten a Cowboys team that couldn't beat me and you, Tom, if they came and played us at my house. On CBS Sports Radio. I was wondering why you're playing. Ah, because I took a shot at your team at the end. Bill Ryder, what's up? Pretty daddy. Every, just so you know, every tweet that begins with D-Cell is wrong will be read on the air. Dalton, Dalton Wells gets it. At Sports Writer, D-Cell, which is pretty daddy over here, is wrong. Hump day is midway through your work shift, period. Yeah, uh, Dalton, I try not to think about Tom very much, but I found myself thinking about Tom this morning and how Tom is intentionally stubborn on stuff he knows he's wrong on if it remotely takes him out of his comfort zone at all. If Wednesday is hump day because it is the middle of the week, noon, wherever you are, central time, eastern time, I don't care what time zone you're in, is the middle of hump no. day. That is the apex. Not, no, if you apex, if you worked a ten to nine shift, noon would not be. It doesn't matter. It's not the middle of my work day. It, it's, it's just it's wrong. Also, noon feels early even for people that work nine to five. More like one thirty. I mean, I can't like. This is how time works. This no, is how calendars the, work. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom. Look, I just, I don't even want to talk about him. Are you I more, see frustrated, the news. more frustrated with me or Rodgers? It's very similar. <laughs> You're both excellent and annoying um, in your own special ways. Although I like you. I'm not sure how I feel about, about uh, A-Rod over there at the Jets. I wonder how Packers fans, I think they're, they, must, they must hate the guy. They must be so over the guy. They must be so happy about this season. Aaron Rodgers, if I may go lean into a, a, an analogy my wife will just hate. If you're a Packers fan, and I don't, you know what? Actually, they just announced a new lineup here at, at, at um, CBS Sports Radio. Zach Gelb's going to, he's at 3-6. to six. He's been doing it, but he's going to do that full-time. Congratulations. And our guy Bart is now full-time starting in January. Bart Winkler is going to be, I'm bad at math, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern time, which in Wisconsin is 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., which, which is where he's based. So maybe he can speak to this. And, and his listeners, Packers fans. But here's my guess, Tom, about, about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers married young. They married a 10, right? Supermodel, the, the most beautiful girl, in t- just beautiful. And you're young and you're stupid and maybe maybe your brain is not always the uh, part of your body that's, that's, you know, at 19 making decisions, right? Okay, it's cool. And then as the years went on, the... Sport of it was great. Was great. The sports were great. The victories were great. Tom, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the action on Sundays was outstanding. Maybe Thursdays and Mondays sometimes. But boy, this person was just awful. And then when they left, a little bit older, right? Still very capable, but but just maybe a little age, a little older now, right? Not quite the same shiny quarterback. The ex, the Packers realized, boy. I mean, it was a good many years, but that person was awful. Thank God they're out of our lives. How annoying. That, I think, might be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Why do I say that? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and you know many of them. But Rodgers, going down to injury at the very literally beginning of the regular season, was awful for the Jets. It was brutal for him. It was terrible for you and me and everybody else, except maybe Packers fans who've been married to him in this analogy for a long time, and we're over it. 
but he wouldn't go away. And his need to constantly be in the limelight, be on the Pat McAfee show, talking about things, throwing shade, arguing with doctors, maybe more importantly, I thought, bringing a lot of weight and perspective and attention to himself while the pressure mounted for that Jets football team on and off the field. And, and this notion, idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to play, right? He's going to play. He's going to beat medicine. He's out there. He's warming up. It's three weeks after his injury. I mean, give me a break. It wasn't three weeks. It was a little more than that. And finally, yesterday on, on the aforementioned show, he put to rest this silly notion that he clearly allowed to fester because he likes attention that he might return this year. I think the whole time it's been, uh, you know, hoping that we're still in it uh, because it, it was unrealistic to think that I would be uh, 100% uh, to be medically cleared um, at any point during the regular season. I do feel like, uh, you know, in the next three to four weeks, uh, it would be very possible to get to 100%, um, but obviously not there. And, and so the conversation was uh, away from 100% medical clearance to a willingness to play. And that's never been a problem for me. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Oh, by the way, Tom, the analogy I was making earlier was about sex. I was using, I know that sometimes <laughs> you're PG-13, it goes over your head. It was a sex analogy. Right over my head. Comparison. Got it. Okay? Got There's it. more to a relationship than that, what I was saying. Yeah, it's about true love, like Kelsey and Tay-Tay. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, yeah, she made muffins or cookies or something. Who cares? That's what we're, that's what people's going to break news on. This just in. There were blueberries in the muffins she brought. I don't care. I'll just listen to a Taylor Swift album. Leave me alone. All right, so Aaron Rodgers, there he is. I don't really want to talk about him. It will be interesting next year if he can return. He's a fascinating story. can't believe I fell for the every year I fall for the Hard Knocks trickery okie-dokie. New rule. You're not allowed to watch. Don't watch Hard Knocks. We won't talk about it on the show. That way you don't get fooled for it. You don't fall in it's love a with good the idea. head coach and the star player. Don't watch it. Every year, I'm like, these guys are great. I mean, when I come on the radio and say, oh, I like, I like Aaron Rodgers, you, it's, it's propaganda. Here's what we're going to do next year. You ready? It's a little work for you. You'll push back, but we'll do it. Uh, we're going to do a segment called So Bill Doesn't Have to Watch Hard Knocks. And you're going to come on. You're just going to be like, here's what you need to know happened, and here's what you avoided being tricked on. Okay, I think I can do that. Yeah, we can. Well, you have to watch it, but like it'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be amazing. Aaron Rodgers not going to play this year. Sounds great. Nobody cares. Shut up and go away. I don't mean that in a mean way. Kind of do. Leave us alone. You're annoying. Hope you can be healthy next year and play football. Yeah, you were amazing when you were in my analogy. Nineteen. You're getting to your forties. Maybe mix in some personality and some conversation. Not everything you say is funny anymore. It's true, Tom. Have you met? Oh man, I've I've worked with some of these folks, and I've look as someone who's 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 ugly. Let's just be like I'm on the other side of the like I actually have to be funny. Haven't you ever gone to a party where some beautiful person, man or woman, is just the things they're saying are so inane and and everyone's laughing because that person is <laughs> shockingly attractive? Yeah, it's awkward funny too. Like ha 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 ha. Well, I wanted a time machine, right? To fast forward when that 24 year old is 53, and them not understanding what happened. You were never interesting. Aaron? It's a harsh reality. Aaron? Let's just make up a name for this person. Aaron Lodgers? All right. Uh, let me give you a little background on this next one. This is, you know what? I'm going to run out of time. We're going to do the next I'm going to tease it. You ready to push this thing, Tom? I don't want to rush Kirk Ferentz, angry, grumpy, hypocritical, 
self-interested, cover his own ass, but still shockingly accurate takedown of Lincoln Riley. And as a guy from Iowa, it's very rare that Iowans are, like, they're not even fake nice. They're just nice. So for Ference, who's been the Iowa coach since, I believe, 1912, to um to go at Lincoln Riley, th- and you love this. You heard it before I did. This is fantastic. Can I give people a little insight into you? Um, Tom doesn't like anything. Is that a fair? Is that a fair? Anything? No, no, that's not true at all. No, it's true. Other than your kid and your wife. I like you. I mean, let's be fair. Not all the time. Like, Tom likes nothing and almost no one. And this is... Every food isn't that good is overrated. Every TV show's there. He's telling me on Reacher, which I've already seen, and then there's more like, yeah, yeah, it's just good, but yeah, he can't act. And, uh, you know, the final scene, the fight scene was stupid because the guy was, everything's bad. So when Tom sends me a text that anything is like, oh, my God, this is great, he's really into it. And you were, you, I didn't listen to the Ferentz. You sent it to me yesterday. I was running around doing, doing work for my other job. I did not listen to Kirk Ferentz taking down Lincoln Riley for about three or four hours, but I knew it was going to be amazing because you never say anything's good. And you were, I think, multi-texting me after hours, which you never do. Holy cow, this is amazing. You loved it. I think the giveaway is that I went caps. I went caps lock you on went my caps. to you that I couldn't get enough of this. The giveaway is you did some work afternoon, um, Eastern time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I told you, that's the apex noon. It's all You sent me a text. You sent me a text, and I thought, is everything okay? Clearly not. Is Tom all right? Kirk Ferentz, takedown of Lincoln Riley. It is, uh, again, hypocritical. It is self-interested. It is an attempt to cover up for the, it's not even incompetence. It's the nepotism that 100% damaged Iowa's real chances this year to be markedly better, and they were good. There's a lot going on here. But it also rings very true, and it's very rare. Tom made this point. Again, a good point, Tom. It, it is very Sean Payton going after colleagues publicly kind of a thing. And you do not want to miss it. And we're going to play Ferentz versus Riley after we get a CBS Sports Radio update for maybe the only person D-Cell does like, Andrew Bodish. Welcome back to Writer Than You. I'm Tom, and I want people to tell me they love me. I didn't say anything like that. On CBS Sports Radio. Oh, it's one of these days. All right, Tom's feeling sorry for himself. All right, I'll have to be nicer. Tom, you're the best. You're the people's champ. Here, you'll like this. Oh, what? What's up? Today is not one of these days. You said that yesterday. So I think what you're trying to say is every day is one of those days. Now, when you're feeling feeling sorry for yourself, you play all the rejoins where it's like, people are so mean to me. We had one stretch you played for four months in a row. My wife had to be like, is everything okay? I said yes. No, no, it's not. (laughs) That guy tweets at you and I, sports writer at Pretty Daddy CBS. Tom, I guess Bill is a candidate for bum of the week since he falls for hard knocks every year. Fair. If you remember... I'm already not. I'm already nominated for. Oh, I've already pre-nominated myself for being gone so much. Well, I mean, how about this for remembering, Bill? We're not doing bum of the week this week. We're doing bum of the year. Oh, it's our. Le- you know what we should do? Let's do bum of the week Thursday then, and we'll, it's bum of the year. Is this our last Friday? Yeah, we're both not here next week. That's right, because yeah. I haven't had enough time away from the show. That's that's great. Wow. All right, Thursday Bum of the Week. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm always ready for Bum of the Week. Don't let me forget. Especially when I don't win. No, no, I think it might be me. 
Who would uh, be in the mix right now? Not me. That's all I know. Not About me. to hear Lincoln Riley. He'll be in the mix. Who, who else is kind of don't? Well, you still got 24 hours, pal. Don't, don't. <laughs> 25 hours. That's still plenty of time. Yeah, don't, don't. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't count your chickens before they're hatched is stupid, by the way. Nobody's counting their chickens. They're counting their eggs. Yeah, but the eggs, it's the same thing. I'm sure farmers understand there's a certain percentage of the eggs that aren't going to become chickens. You know what I'm saying? And aren't the hens the ones that lay the eggs, not the chickens? I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I'm not good at that. My, my family are is. I'm not a speaker either, or a talker, or a, gr- <laughs> I or a grammatician. Think, I don't think chickens lay eggs. I think hens lay eggs. So I, when I was in Chillicothe, Missouri one summer and lived in my aunt and uncle's garage and slept next to their bass boat to get in-state tuition at the University of Missouri, I, I worked at three little newspapers in Chillicothe, Brookfield, and Marceline. Marceline is the is what um, Walt Disney based Disneyland's Main Street on because he was there as a kid. And I went to several county fairs and had nine-year-olds, in not very kind language, tell me how dumb I was for not understanding the difference between the various labels for animals based on their condition. So the answer, the thing is probably, but I'm not the guy. I feel pretty I good about this. It's hens. Hens lay eggs. Hens lay eggs. Yes. Uh, you know who laid an egg this year? Lincoln Riley, according to Kirk Ferentz. Here's the background. Lincoln Riley, hot shot, new coach, new-ish at USC. Things did not work out. Remember, they were in that playoff Final Four picture over the course of the early part of the year and just fell off a cliff. Meanwhile, Iowa, again, give Ferentz credit, overachieved, stunning defense, absolutely incompetent, that is the correct word, by the way, incompetent offensive game planning under Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz's kid, nepotism clause got bad enough in Iowa that they had an arrangement this year where Ferentz, Brian, reported to the AD and not to Kirk, and if he didn't meet certain standards, points per game, certain things, he would be fired. He didn't meet it. They announced he was going to go away even before the season ended. So Iowa's offense was awful beyond anything that was acceptable. But Iowa overachieved. All right, that's your context, okay? This is yesterday, right? This is a press conference. It's just like a random press conference for, for Iowa's football program. Yesterday, Kirk Ferentz, just for whatever reason, most of us gazed westward, right? And in, in the lore of American history, see the open plains and the expanse of the American project and, and, and adventurism. Kirk Ferentz sees an enemy to be belittle, and here is how he went after him. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I'm really not worried about points per game, excuse me, uh, passing yardage per game, um, you know, all, all the stat stuff. Um, points per game is, in, is interesting and it's important, but, you know, i got another one. I'll hold that in my pocket until January for you. Uh, but what is important is wins per game. And if you want to evaluate a quarter, in my opinion, you know, check the wins per game column because, you know, I can think of a guy that uh, entered uh, the conference recently that came with widely acclaimed, you know, offensive stats and all that. And that's usually how those guys get to become well-known because of their, you know, whatever they're doing, throwing it, running it, wishbone. Um, but, you know, then you look a little deeper. So what's this guy's wins per game? 
And there's usually a correlation. You know, people that just throw the ball around, you know, it's it makes it tougher to win. It makes it tougher to be on good defense, uh, good on defense. I think Phil would tell you that. So there, there is a team concept concept here that is is really important to me. It's the only way we can win, in my opinion. In my opinion, and um, come right back to it. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Damn. Um, it happens. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it still gets another wins per game, like you know. Oh, I know the other one. There's a school on the West Coast right now that's going to recommit to defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a 42 to Tulane last year in a bowl game. So you know, at a place where like you know Ronnie Ott played. Mm-hmm. So I just find it, you know, now they're going to think about defense, like you know. To me, that that was the first thing we thought about 25 years ago. That ain't going to change. Like that just ain't going to change. So, so the coordinator coming in is going to have to understand. Like this is who we are. It's worked pretty well. We're looking to improve. Always looking to improve. If you missed it, he's talking about USC. They played Tulane. This is this is shocking. Now that there's some accuracy in this, it not in the way that it was presented, not in the way that he. That, it, Football teams don't fail because they pass the ball too successfully. I mean, that is not, I mean, give me a break. I mean, maybe in the margins you can talk a little bit about, boy, our defense is on the field all the time because our offense just keeps scoring so quickly, but putting points on the board is the name of the game. It's, it's absurd. There is an absolute criticism. It is 100% legitimate and accurate if you want to really get into it that Lincoln Riley showed up at USC and thought he could operate by not recruiting, bringing in, developing, and in the transfer portal reality keeping happy his defensive talent. That's unacceptable. This isn't, no disrespect intended, Nebraska, where maybe you might say, okay, we've got the top quarterback in the country coming in. We just stole them from Georgia, if I got that right. And we're not going to be able to recruit at the level we used to. So we're going to put all of our effort in the kids we can recruit and selling a vision of offense, and we'll figure defense out. That's going to happen at some, at some programs that have aspirations to be really, really good but aren't going to recruit four- and five-star kids at every position on both sides of the football, again and again. USC can do that. So if that is the point parents had made, it would have been a good one. You know, there's got to be balance. But this isn't that. This is pettiness. This is anger. This is obviously jealousy. This is clearly Ference trying really hard to explain away his decision-making and his own, forget wins per game, disappointing outcomes and not capitalizing on a chance. Iowa with an offense had a chance to be in the college football playoff. Iowa with an offense, Iowa played in the Big Ten Championship game. Iowa with an offense had a chance to be Washington, to be a shockingly surprising team, and didn't have to have a Heisman candidate to do it. They could have had the best defense in the game, and they could have had a pretty good offense, and it would have been a defensive first team that was able to occasionally score enough points to shock some teams, win some games, and they didn't because Kirk wanted to hire Bryant. He wanted his kid to have the job. That said, the criticism is an amazing, I think, insight, too, because Kirk Ferentz is older. He has Iowa by the by the cojones. He has all the power in that organization. This is, instead of leaving in a huff because Brian got fired, his kid, what he's going to do is basically, I think, be the grumpy old man. And so I don't think he is saying things that are necessarily that put him on an island in the company of Big Ten coaches. I think he is saying things that are probably spoken that aren't supposed to be spoken out loud. Jealousy about Lincoln Riley. And and the Big Ten is very proud. And those of you listening to Big Ten country know this. People in those programs and those schools are so tired of hearing about the SEC. And I would imagine if you're Kirk Ferentz or any of these other coaches, the reality is that you look and you say, okay, 
you see Missouri go and A&M go to the SEC, and certainly Missouri has not worked out. And the narrative becomes, wait till Texas goes, wait till Oklahoma goes. It may not work. It's not going to work. They're not going to be able to dominate. And then you have USC and UCLA starting this wave of teams from the pack now too going. And what's the narrative? Oh, man, USC is going to dominate. They're going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm sure there are people who are put out, parents included, that the narrative is not the same as with the SEC. That there isn't this conversation, this talk, like, well, I don't know if it'll work for USC. I don't know if it'll work for UCLA. So Ferris, I think, is giving voice to what probably are the complaints and the jealousies and the doubts in the Big Ten about the schools that are coming in. Nobody accepts the new kid on the block. Nobody says, like, okay, USC's coming in. We, we bow to them. They're going to be amazing. But the pettiness of it and the personal attacks and the fact he makes it clearly about going after Lincoln Riley – it is pretty stunning. Tom, Kirk Ferentz is not a likable guy. He's a really good coach. This is not likable behavior, and I don't think it's very different from what Sean Payton did with Hackett. And I think it all stems from, you said it, Kirk Ferentz knowing he has Iowa by the you-know-what. He has a lifetime job. Kirk Ferentz is a really, really, really good coach. And if he decided to leave because he was rubbed the wrong way because his son was let go as OC, I was not going to find as good a coach as Kirk Ferentz. They're just they're just not. So he, he knows he has them. But, Bill, on every level that USC's defense was embarrassing this year that Kirk Ferentz pointed out, that was Iowa's offense. His son, Brian Ferentz, had the amended contract where they had to score at least 25 points per game to keep his job. Do you know how many points they scored this year on average? Not even close. This team somehow won 10 games by scoring 16 points per game. They're D.C. They're defensive. Did you you watch Iowa? I watched Iowa. Did you watch Iowa games? They were painful. Absolutely painful. See, I saw it differently. They were dominant defensively in an era where that's not supposed to happen at a level for me where it was. But I, I was so impressed by that football team. That is a. I'm just gonna say it. I know I'm from. I'm from there. I didn't go to school there though. That is a national championship caliber football team. That is that is their level, undermined by their lack of offensive competence. And everyone knew they were championship level defense. Bill, their DC one top assistant of the year in the entire it, country. It's Iowa. You get a chance to win a national championship every 20 years. They played in the Orange Bowl 20 years ago against Carson Palmer and USC, and they got destroyed. And that year there were some games where had it gone a different way. And then in 1984, if I have this right, number one Iowa against number two Michigan. And they beat Michigan on a field goal and then weren't able to capitalize down. But my point is, like, this is a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity that Kirk Ferentz squandered. Squandered. And and to to take shots at... The the thing is, he's not wrong about Lincoln Riley. You're right, he just... He's, but it's all, everything he's saying, 100%, is true about his program, too, if you just invert it. If you hold up a mirror and you look at it from the opposite perspective. And Iowa, there's nothing. The guy is, a, the guy is an exceptional coach. I'm from Iowa. No one else cares, but people and I are going to get mad about this. Nobody wants to play at Iowa. You can't recruit to Iowa. It's, it, 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 it has every potential to be Nebraska for the last 15 years. And he's the reason it's not, Tom. Now, I know there was Hayden Fry before that, and it's been a, a consistent decades, decades plural, of, of excellence. But once he leaves, the odds that Iowa is going to be any good is, is really low. So for Brian Ferentz to lose his job, for it to get that bad, is, a, is stunning how much Kirk Ferentz put his 
kid and nepotism ahead of an entire state in that program. You know what? Got to put Kirk, got to put Kirk down for bum of the week too for tomorrow. Uh, Dalton Wells wants you on there. Damn, damn it, damn D cell. Hens lay eggs. Roosters are the males, but they are all chickens. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. No, me neither. I guess that so makes people sense. Are like, people are saying chicken like you're a chicken. They're talking about roosters because roosters are tough, aren't they? So a hen is a chicken and a rooster is a do? chicken. Does cockadoodle do sound like the sound, sound that they make? kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask Joe Theismann that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to ask about the NFL, though, next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 